podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday between Liverpool beating Everton and Liverpool taking on Villarreal in the Champions League tomorrow night. The fume from the weekend continues. The tears from the Blues continue to flow. Rumours are that the Merseyside Fire Brigade have been called in to try and pump some water out of the River Mersey because it's at risk of bursting its banks. Such was the volume of tears that flowed in from the blue side. Anthony Gordon has done some more crying. People are now crying on his behalf, saying that he's been wrongly tarnished as a diver and that it's a tag that could stick with him for years. But if he stopped diving, if he stopped diving, nobody would call him a diver. It's as simple as that. Like. This isn't a Salah situation where he's called a diver because his skin is a certain colour or a Mane is called a diver because his skin is a certain colour. Anthony Gordon has every advantage going for him. He's white and he's English. He's called a diver because he's a diver. In the same way Harry Kane is a diver, Mason Mount is a diver, Conor Gallagher is a diver. There are loads and loads of English divers, and it's about time they all got called out on. Salah gets abuse for years. There's a, a, a Twitter account with a whole bunch of followers dedicated to did Mo Salah dive today? Salah, who gets less decisions his way than any other player in the league, is called a diver. Anthony Gordon is called a diver because he actually is a diver. And there's loads and loads of evidence to support that. He dived in the first game we played in this season at Goodison. Andy Robertson never touched him. He flung himself to the ground. He's dived over and over again. And it's catching up with him. And he can claim to have experienced severe pain when he stood on Joel Matip's foot. But it doesn't change the fact that we all saw what you did. We all saw what Everton did. We've all seen, I assume, Frank Lampard's interview post-match, which is one of the most deluded things I've ever seen in my life. I do wonder if poor Frank just needs a hug. Didn't quite understand what he was doing when he took the Everton job. But he's become one of them which is rather strange because he's a London Tory and he's amalgamated himself into the the bitter blues. Very, very strange, but still comedic. There's still plenty to laugh at. 
there'll be lots more to laugh at, of course, if and when they get relegated. We have obviously turned our attention to bigger things, Champions League semi-final tomorrow night. Villarreal, Unai Emery and his cast of Premier League cast-offs. These are a good team and we can't overlook them. Myself and Carl did uh, the latest scouted on Villarreal, so you can check that now on Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. It should be a decent game. They're obviously going to come and try and be very defensive. They're not looking to try and win this game. They're just here to avoid a heavy defeat. And then they'll hope to beat us back at their place. But they'll be dangerous on the counter-attack. They've got some pace. They've got some decent passers. They've got an established style of play. They've got a manager who knows how to win two-legged European games. But so do we. And we also have a world-class defence and a world-class attack. And depending on who's in midfield, we often have a world-class midfield. We also have the best goalkeeper in the world. And for those that haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching Jamie Carragher's analysis of Alison Becker on Monday Night Football last night. Robbie Keane was on with him as well. I thought the two of them did quite a good show. Uh, Carragher, credit to him, used some of the analysis put forward by John Harrison on Twitter. If you haven't seen his, his work, do make sure. I think it's at jhdharrison one I could be wrong, but I think it's something like that. Uh, he is by far the best for goalkeeping analysis on Twitter. So do go and follow him. There's not a whole lot else really to talk about. We could laugh more about Everton. I mean, we could laugh endlessly about Everton. We could ponder which ground will Everton fans look forward to going to most next season. You know, will it be the Riverside in Middlesbrough? Is that the way they all look forward to? What about the Den? A trip down to the Den, two of the most bitter fan bases in the world, going head to head. Loftus Road. The Hawthorns. Trip to the seaside, to Blackpool. You know, all of these things. They could actually, to be fair, the only way for Everton to get a bit of European football next season is to be relegated and they'll get trips to Swansea and Cardiff. So, you know, every cloud. Birmingham, there's, there's a game. Everton versus Birmingham. Imagine the misery involved in Everton versus Birmingham. It could be magnificent. But you know what? Look, Everton aren't going to win anything. They haven't won anything since 1995. So perhaps a year in the championship, if they could get their act together, a year in the championship could actually be a bit of fun for the fans. Get to go to a whole bunch of new grounds, you know, or, or former Premier League grounds that you haven't been at before, or you haven't been at in years. Like most Everton fans will never have been to Millwall, 
or Preston or Blackpool or Bristol City. A handful, obviously, would have been to Reading and Birmingham and Cardiff because they've been in the Premier League. Oh, the Black Blackpool were in the Premier League once as well. Maybe they went that time. Uh, Swansea, obviously, have been in the Premier League. West Brom, Stoke, Coventry, QPR, Borough. They've all been in the Premier League. Blackburn, Sheffield United. But, like, if Luton don't come up, a, a trip to Kenilworth Road, it's, it is genuinely, this is not to have a dig, it is genuinely something every football fan should do. Kenilworth Road is such a unique ground. It's absolutely worth taking a trip there. Uh, they could go to Blackburn and see a Premier League trophy. That could be nice. You know, they could come across Stanley Park and see one either, but they, you know, that might upset them too much. Uh, it looks like Wigan are coming up from, from League One, so they get to go and see them and Rotherham as well. So, you know, that's not too bad of a journey. Uh, could be one of MK Dons, Sunderland, Plymouth, Wickham, or Sheffield Wednesday. They're the five teams in the mix for the four playoff spots. So, you know, there's potentially some fun days out there. Nice trip down to Plymouth. Who doesn't want that? Wickham. Yeah. Hi, Wickham. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this could be great for everyone. It could be a fun year. And they might actually win something. I mean, they're not going to win the division because it's Everton, but they could finish fourth and come through the playoffs. You know, they could win a playoff final. It could be a fun year. Because football, football is about winning. And if it's not about winning, it's about the journey. So if, if you can't win something, you have to enjoy something. Now, we're lucky enough as Liverpool fans that we're winning and enjoying, but they're neither winning nor enjoying because their team have been trash for years now. Uh, you can only really point to maybe two Moyes seasons and the first season under Bobby Martinez where they played decent football. Since the 80s, that's basically about it, but three seasons worth. So what have you enjoyed? Lots of mid-table, some bottom half finishes. They finished fourth once, but it was all meaningless in the end because they got knocked out in the Europa League qualifiers by Villarreal, funnily enough. But they haven't had anything to enjoy and they haven't won anything since 1995. So, at least in the championship, it might be some fun days out. It might be some decent road trips. You'll probably win more games than you lose. And you might win something. You, I, I, I can say, I, I don't think it'd be the most evident thing in the world to finish second to come up. Great, you got promoted, but you didn't win anything. The championship and, and the other divisions as well are funny in that the first place team get a trophy and the team who wins the playoffs get a trophy. But the team who finished second, who finished above all the teams in the playoff, get nothing. They get a pat on the back and a well done. 
it would be very Everton to finish second and just still not win anything. But still, it would be fun. And they'd get promoted. That'd be a bit of joy into the club, maybe a bit of momentum into the club. If you can spend a year winning more games than you lose or draw, that's the type of habit you can carry forward because they've got the money to do it. Like you look at Villa coming up and spending a bunch of money. Everton could do the same because in theory, there's money there. Now they've already spunked a load of it. So, you know, maybe they'll be smarter, but Everton could go down, retool, get rid of all the high earning, underperforming waste of money that they have on their books and then, you know, rebuild the culture, come back up as a team that's now used to winning, something Everton haven't been in many, many years, used to winning a lot of football matches. You come up and, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're worthwhile again. It, just something to ponder. The main Liverpool sites then, when Liverpool's Yellow submarine last docked at Anfield to be sunk by Daniel Sturridge. That is obviously the Europa League semi-finals uh, back in Klopp's first season, 15-16. I assume. I don't think we've played them since, have we? Yeah, it was Klopp's first season. It was Klopp's first season. Uh, Liverpool starting 11 on the day. Simon Mignolet, now this this should come with some sort of um, trigger warning or, you know, age restriction because this, this is the type of graphic content that's not for some young ears. But Simon Mignolet and go... Nathaniel Klein, Colo Toure, Dejan Lovren, and Albi Moreno as a back four. James Milner, Emre Chan, Adam Lalana, Phil Coutinho as the somewhat midfield four, and then Firmino off Sturridge. That's rough. That's really, really rough. Obviously, we we defeated them. We went on to play Sevilla in the final, who, funnily enough, were then managed by Unai Emery. Um, and we lost that one. Merseyside Derby morning out of picture as Everton conspire against themselves. Do check that piece out there. The win, Derby theatrics and the Origi roll, the last word on Liverpool 2, Everton 0. Uh, Liverpool's highline, highline criticism Brilliantly exposed as impressive Alison Start emerges. Check that out. That's very good. Puts to bed a lot of the nonsense that you have heard about Liverpool's high line. Obviously, you're smart enough to know it's complete garbage. Harvey Elliott wants to play for Liverpool's under-23s to be ready for Jurgen Klopp. So there's been a lot of discourse about Harvey Elliott over the last couple of weeks and what happened with Harvey Elliott. Why has he been punished? Well, Let's let's just back up a little bit here and have a look at Harvey Elliott. He's a 19-year-old kid who suffered a fairly horrific injury earlier this season, came back a little bit too quickly, was rushed back into the first team to get him back kind of some sort of rhythm before the big run-in of the season, didn't play particularly well, seemed to suffer a knock in his confidence, though did score 
obviously a penalty in the shootout for the um, the League Cup, which was impressive. But I think all that's happened here is he's just been taking out, taken out of the firing line, popped into the under-23s, taken off camera, so he can just regain his confidence and get himself back to 100%. Uh, here's a good story, one that should bring a smile to all faces. Leighton Stewart scored his first goal in 14 months uh, for the Liverpool under-23s. Leighton Stewart obviously had been out for a long time, 13 months with an ACL injury. He was he was doing exceptionally well. He was being talked about as somebody that potentially could be getting a look at first-team level before he got injured. So great to see him back. Hopefully now he can stay fit and continue to score goals and, and get himself back to the level he was displaying before the injury because he's got a bright future ahead of him. And whether it's at Liverpool or not makes no difference. Well, it obviously it does to him, but he will have a career. That's the main point of this. He will have a career somewhere. Uh, journalist explains what Mo Salah told him about Liverpool contract talks. Chris Flanagan of 442. Says he says Salah seemed very relaxed about everything, including his future. I'm sure in an ideal world, he would have preferred to already get a deal done and signed, but I didn't get a sense he was stressed about it. In fact, I specifically asked him, was he worried about that, about the prospect of going into the last season of his contract with the situa- situation not being resolved? And he insists that he wasn't. I got the sense his number one aim is absolutely to stay at the club but that he is prepared to wait a little longer to get the best deal possible. That's all part of how negotiations work. Look, there's there's things with Mo's contract that none of us will know. There's image rights things. I also think the fact that we're waiting for a certain big contract to drop off our books is a factor because if you take what Salah earns now, plus what Milner earns, it basically adds up to what Salah wants, which is, you know, in around 350 grand a week. If we just let Milner's contract drop off, then sign Salah, our wage bill doesn't fluctuate. It just stays the same. So that'll be fine. On to Liverpool.com then. Thiago has created a blueprint for Jurgen Klopp to finally unleash 52.75 million master plan. This is obviously about Naby Keita and Thiago's impact on on him. Liverpool contact Bayern for 63 million pounds transfer. This is about Serge Gnabry. There are growing rumours that Liverpool are interested in Serge Gnabry. Uh, there's a piece here suggesting, or a, a note here suggesting, Liverpool are interested in Latour Martinez. Piece here about Man City uh, being without John Stones, Kyle Walker, and Joe Cancelo. Uh, that could be that could be problematic. That could be problematic for them, but good enough for them. Confirmed Liverpool transfer would have solved Everton problem without Jurgen Klopp wildcard. This is about uh, Fabio Carvalho. 
Liverpool agreed terms over 67 million transfer as Real Madrid ace makes cryptic Mohamed Salah remark. What is this drivel? Um, ah, okay. So Asensio made some silly comment about, about signing Salah. Uh, terms agreed with exciting Ford, apparently Liverpool and Darwin Nunes. So I've seen a few people talking about this. There are more reports coming out of uh, Portugal and indeed out of Uruguay that Darwin Nunes could potentially be joining Liverpool. I had a, a Uruguayan chap with about 14 or 15 followers on Twitter tweet me earlier on to say that he'd heard that the deal was close to done and I'm choosing to believe him. I'm choosing to designate him as a tier one source as I am, in fact, the French gentleman whose name escapes me, who's reporting today that Liverpool are in contact with Arlene Chouameni, Chouameni uh, of Monaco. Obviously, David Ornstein has reported this in the past, but I'm also choosing to make him a tier one source because it's what suits me. And that's really all that matters. A uh, good piece here on AnfieldIndex.com by Mr. Stephen Smith about Jurgen Klopp and Frank Lampard. I assume it talks about uh, Frank Lampard's XS. That would be expected shouts in the direction of the great German man because he certainly can't do anything else. And that is basically it. We've got the new rape don't hate, the new AI scouted. There was some good pods over the weekend, the new Raw and you Nina Kaiser show. And that's pretty much me for today. So I will bid you adieu and I will see you tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.